It's July 16. We're reading through the Bible in a year. This morning, our daily Bible reading in the Old Testament is in the Psalms. Psalm 19, Psalm 20, and Psalm 21. Three Psalms we'll be reading, and in the New Testament, the second half of Acts 19. Psalm 19 is a great psalm that reminds us that God is actively revealing truths about himself and the things that he's made. That's the first half of the chapter in the sun and the moon and the stars and the cosmos and biology and uh, geology and physics. We learn about the greatness of God, the majesty of God, the beauty of God, the symmetry of God, the uh, consistency, the faithfulness of God. All these things we see reflected in his creation. And in the second half of the psalm, we see in Psalm 19, uh, the specificity of his revelation in the written word, in particular, the law of Moses that reveals his character, that reveals his virtue, that reveals his values. All these things we learn in the written word of God at this point, looking back at the law of Moses. So we have general revelation in nature, and we have special revelation in the written word in particular, as described in this passage. And uh, we hope that our heart's meditation, our thoughts, our minds, our words would be in concert with and keeping with that truth. It's just a great, great psalm. Psalm 20 uh, is a psalm that you'll see the superscription here says Psalm of David, but we read psalms like this and we think this must this must be a psalm about um, a, a psalm about David written to David or dedicated to David because it speaks of an intercession, a prayer for the king. It's a great psalm that reminds us of the importance of wanting to see our leaders. Obviously, this is a unique situation in the um, the monarchy of Israel, where we have this person that is leading on behalf of God, specifically in the covenant people of Israel. Uh, but nevertheless, the idea of us interceding for our leaders, as we're told to do even in the New Testament, the pagan leaders, the non-Christian leaders, uh, even of our day, we are to be praying and interceding for them. Uh, and the great psalm here reminding us that David certainly didn't trust in chariots and horses, at least not most of the time when he was on his uh, in his good days. Of course, we see at the end of his life in the numbering of the troops that he shifted that uh, focus to his own detriment. But the uh, David we meet in the book of First uh, and Second Samuel remind us of how dedicated and committed he was to trusting God and not in the things and the trappings of, of strength. Speaking of strength, Psalm 21 talks about in the strength, uh, in strength, uh, the king rejoices. Again, another Psalm of David, which seems like this is about David in many ways, a prayer for David that God would uh, bless and God would protect and God would keep and God would deliver uh, the king. Great Psalms, Psalms 19, 20, and 21. Acts 19, second half, we see this riot take place in Ephesus. Demetrius, a silversmith, making his money off of the shrines that he was making, the silver shrines of Artemis uh, or Diana, uh, same same goddess, same idol, same uh, pagan um, deity that they would uh, worship, this goddess that they uh, assigned and ascribed a lot of things to. Well, they saw the gospel here disrupting their business. Whenever you see Christianity getting in the way of people's money, that's when there's a lot of uh, uh, upheaval and uproar, and that was certainly going on here in Ephesus. And then we see the town clerk get involved and kind of speak some sense to the people and calm them down. We certainly need more leaders, secular leaders like that, that can restore reason and calmness and clear thinking to the people. And that's what happens here, at least in the bottom half of Acts chapter 19. Our community imperative for the day is found in Romans chapter 15, verse 31. Uh, he says, and remember we came off that great uh, prayer. He says, pray, uh, strive with me together in prayer. 
But then he says that I may be, here's the, here's the focus of his prayer, delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So he's going to serve them with this gift that he's bringing and he wants it to be acceptable. He wants it to be found as a favorable act, not just to God. It's a service ultimately for God and he sees all of his service that way, but he wants it to be accepted well. I put it this way. I want our community imperative to be, as I think about my service and my goodness or friendship or kindness or sacrifice for other people. I want it to be well-received. I put it this way, pray for well-received spiritual input. I think we intuitively pray that when we start speaking of spiritual things, but it hardly seemed like a spiritual thing, even though it was, to bring this aid to the saints in Jerusalem. And yet, Paul's having them pray, even struggle in prayer, that they might receive it well, and that it might be the kind of uh, uh, reception to the thing that uh, Paul is doing for the glory of God and the good of God and the honor of God. And he wants people to receive it well. And I just think that's a good thing for us to do. Uh, some aspects of your life, and you may naturally and intuitively pray that way about what you're doing in other people's lives. But if not, um, I mean, let's just do it more and more in more areas of our life. And let's think that way that God would use your input, your discipleship, your kindness, your counsel, the things you do for the glory of God, that people would receive it well, welcome it, favor it, in their lives. So there's your community imperative for today. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, as we continue our reading through the Bible.